Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. Fred Ayola, Pastor Nairobi Chapel. I'm here with Moses Alal, yep, 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 Children's Minister. And uh, Ujama has been in Children's Ministry, I just found out, for eight years. Hey, <laughs> eight years. Moses, Karibu Sana. Santi Sana, Pasi. Why Children's Ministry? Children's Ministry. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as this. Uh -huh. uh, what you do today determines uh -huh. tomorrow. Uh -huh. If you want to change tomorrow, start today. Oh, so the kids, kids are literally the leaders of tomorrow. Good. So if you want to have influence tomorrow, yes, you better go to the ministry. <laughs> <laughs> so you've done this for nine years. Hey. And so at least now we're getting an opportunity yeah. to hear you in our church. Yeah, man. What are you going to be sharing with us? Wow, wow. To me, it's, what can I say? It's just to, to show us the big picture. Yes. Of why why children, why are they so important? And uh, why is it that ministry is as, as for children is, is as hard as it is? Mm. And I always believe that the Bible says that the, the, the harvest is plenty. Yes. But the labors are there. This actually implies a lot more in children ministry. Mm. And now so much so that we work so hard mm. and we labor so hard, as Solomon said, mm. but to live to who? Mm. I mean, why? Why do you do what you that's, do? That's very true. So yeah. it's just going back to the to the Bible. Actually, it's not mm -hmm. about it's not about what Moses says. Yes, it's what the Bible says. That's what I'm coming to share today. It's what the Bible really says about the children. Good. So I'm going to just highlight. Mm. Yeah, man. So, so. Yeah. Moses. Yeah. We are really eager to hear you. Yeah. God wait. bless you, Moses. Can't wait. The Everyone used to work. Even children used to work. Everyone had a job. You wake up, you either go to the farm, or you go to the factory. Even the small ones. None of them home. So it reached a point that someone saw there's something happening. These kids are not being taught anything by anyone. Because all of us are at work. This guy said, let me do something different. Let me open a place on a Sunday where actually those who don't parents, those who are often, can come and eat and learn how to read and understand. So this guy used only one textbook, one subject, and then he gives food. Who can guess what the textbook was? <laughs> In the 1700s, Sunday school began. Because someone saw the need of passing on what he knows to the next generation. Someone saw the need, the importance of actually passing on all we have to the next generation. That's how it began. And Sunday school is not in the Bible. So don't go looking, don't Google, because <laughs> you won't find it. And, but the Bible is so specific about education and learning, especially the little ones. And I just I like to say, I'm not a professional. I just point you back to everything that I know, everything that I'm saying, it's where? It's in this book. There's no one who knows it all. Actually, I don't know much. I'm not even a parent, by the way. <laughs> I was shocking, eh? I'm not even a parent. So I don't even know how qualified to be a children's pastor. Anyway, that's another question for another day. So I like to point you guys to scripture. And uh, for us to understand, what the Bible really says about education, and especially religious education. 
and why it is important. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6 to 7. And it says that all the words in this book, every single sentence, every single word is God's breath. If you want to know God, this is it. If you want to discover what, what God is saying about anything, about anyone, about your life, this is it. There's no other personal devotion for T.T. Jake. Sorry to say, Pastor. There's no personal devotion for who. This is it. All scripture. That's the first thing I want you guys to remember today. Everything you need, everything you'll ever need is in here. Because this is God's prayer. This is God's word. Secondly, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It's interesting about the scripture is that. I hope you guys remember disciples for Jesus. Disciples for Jesus were actually ordinary people. Some of them did not read. Some of them were just by fishermen. But actually these guys, these little people, were the ones who wrote the New Testament. How interesting how a kid like Zara in another two years can surprise us with what she's able to say. Because, because of learning, because of intentional learning that you pour into them. First, write curriculum, write textbook. Second, write formula. And this should be every parent's verse. Should be on your door, should be on your wrist, should be tattooed. If you like tattooed, I have seen. Just tattoo this on your arm. I, I don't know what you need to do. Put it in your car. Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 7. This scripture, I love it. Because it clearly defines for you what your role is as a parent. Cut and clear. There's no other, there's no other formula. But our, 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 our world today, we are too busy, too busy for even the most important thing. There's a difference between job and work. J-O-B and, and work. We're too busy with J-O-B. But our work is actually God-defined, which is this. Deuteronomy 6, 6 to 7. The first scripture is James 1.22. Guys, I, I, don't know, I don't know how many sermons I've had over my lifetime. I don't know how many you've had over your lifetime. But my question is, how many have you actually done? The skipper says, do not lie. Actually, since you came here, how many lies have you told? We're very good hearers. Very good hearers, fantastic hearers. Moses is fantastic. But doers, we don't do what the word says. The most interesting thing about this, about your, about your child and about children, they're very keen. It's not about what you say, it's about what they do, it's about what you do. That's exactly what they emulate. Scripture is urging us, God is urging us, let's be doers of the word. Second question, you can talk to your neighbor and ask them. This is Palm Sunday, right? How come Jesus rode on a donkey? Why not a horse? Why not a chariot? Why not being carried? So you see politicians being carried? When they win. Yeah. See, your disciples. Yeah. Why did they carry you? Why a donkey? Zara, can you try? Ebu, Ebu, tell me. Because he? Because he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a, such, such a good such a good answer. Jesus, Jesus, actually, Jesus could fly if he wanted to. Jesus could ride on a cloud if he wanted to. Jesus would have been carried on because of his humility. 
That's because he knew what he was there for. So, look at your neighbor, ask them, are you humble enough like Jesus was? To step down, to step down to the level of this child and talk their language. Think about that as a Easter. That was just a by the way. So, let's go back to what the Bible says about, about children. And I'll say, most of the thing I'll talk about will be in the Bible. Matthew 8, 18, 1 to 5. This is where Sunday school, some of us began. When Jesus said, let this one comes to me. But then, before then, the disciples were sitting with Jesus, at the feet of Jesus. These amazing guys who are supposed to be the most amazing people ever, sitting with the Lord himself. Out of all the questions they could ask, out of all the amazing things they wanted to know, Guess what that question was? Out of everything you wanted to know now, what's, what's the thing that disturbs you the most? Jesus is right there. God is right there before you. What would you ask him? What question would you ask him? What request would you ask of him? Yet these men, who are supposed to be the wisest of the wise, guess what they asked Jesus? So, Jesus, you went to Jesus. So, who is the greatest in the kingdom of God? The answer is there in Matthew 18, 1 to 5. What do you think the answer was? That is how God looks at children. The things that disturb us the most, actually they should not. They don't even matter. God calls you my child. The question you have for me is what am I eating tomorrow? Really? Really? Yet you fasted and prayed for this child. All you're asking for me now is not the plan for this child, but actually what to eat tomorrow. That's what it looks like to me. It looks like these people who are supposed to be with the Lord, knows who God is. Our, our request should be bigger than that. The second scripture is Mark 10. And actually, this scripture is amazing that is taught by all three disciples. It's in Mark, it's in Luke, it's in Matthew. That is how amazing it was that all of them wrote it down somewhere. I know in our midst now, they look like a nuisance. In our, in our midst now, look at they, they don't understand and, and, and they don't hear. That the ministry is, is for the adults. Moses is speaking to the adults. Let the children go away. But how will they learn? If they never saw someone sitting down and talking to people about God. When will they ever see? All they know is microphone and a stage. Mm -hmm. Disciples of Jesus decided, ah, how to you know some water? How to you? How are they running over here? Will he? But God Himself, He said, Let the children come to me. God Himself, so that He asked, in His instinct, who will be the next pastor? Who will be the next worship leaders? What do they learn how to worship if they don't see us worship? What do they learn how to teach if they don't see us teach? Let them be among us so they could see and say, Wow, my mom used to worship God, and I know what that looks like. Jesus told his disciples, let them come to me. And actually, no one sat closer to Jesus than the children. No one did. Some even on his lap. The third scripture is Matthew 18.10. And parents, I beseech you, if you have a child in your house, stop praying. If a child is in your presence, let them pray for you. If a child is young, let them pray for everything and anything. Even your, even your biggest request, give them to the children. 
And this, this verse actually tells you so. It tells you why. Matthew 18.10 Angel for children. See God every day face to face. Your prayers take detours. I don't know why they go to sometimes as adults. Because unaomba hii. One minute mbadilisha yu maumbi. Kana mafika tena benguni misha mbadilisha. So there are like four requests coming. God and Ashilwasa and Jibugani. But their prayers are so honest and so straight. What they ask for today, come and ask them tomorrow. They say the same thing. Daddy, nataka ile toy. Daddy, nataka ile toy. If you ever have a big request, let a child pray for you. Stop praying. Because you do not know how to pray. And that's not my word. That's the Bible says so. You don't know how to pray. Again, the Bible says about children. Luke and Mark capture this. Does it always surprise you that in the heat of the moment, when you're mad, when you're hungry, your kids seem to know what's going on? Yet you haven't told them. When you're just about to fight, they already start crying. How, how weird is that? There's a lot of wisdom in these children, which we never really see, and we refuse to see and learn from them. And this disciple says, they realize some of the children are some of the wisest people they've ever known. You tend to teach them a lot, but do you ever learn from them? Do you ever see just how they, they sit? When they see you, the world is done. How so much so with God, who is your father? When they hear your promise, they, they hold it like it means everything to the world. Even though you don't know, even though you're lying to them. They don't know what's your plan for them for second time in school. But then they know they'll go to school. How much hope is actually? Yet our God in heaven, do we trust him that much? Do we hang on to their every word like they do? Do we trust God in that way? And this you need to remember also. Psalm 27, 3 to 5. These little ones are not yours. I don't know if you guys have realized that. But if you think they're your pension plan, pull a summer. If you think that you are escape, you want to live your life through them, pull a summer. They are not yours. These kids are a gift and are it from God. Let's talk about the parents. What does the Bible say about you as parents? What does the Bible say about me? I was telling Pastor, my biggest fear, I've been married six years, my biggest fear is being called a father. Because <laughs> I don't know if I can live up to that. This is what Proverbs 22 6 says. Train up your child. Not the children's pastor. Not the teacher who is in school. Not the, the educationist who you believe that knows. Not your mom. Train up your child. Train up your child. Yourself. To understand, to, to train, or even to coach, you have to understand exactly first who you are. And then understand who you're trying to coach. Failure, this failure is not knowing who you are and not knowing who you're coaching. Oh my goodness, what a mess. You're coaching cricket, there's a playing soccer. You don't even know soccer. Yet you're the coach for soccer. So, your first role is to train them to be what you don't know, which is an adult. Your second train, your second job is to train them into the word of God, which you don't know. Or do you know the word of God? We train them up in the word. Is it Pastor Wendy's job or your job to train them in the, in the word of God? Eh? How often do you spend time with them in the Bible? So as a parent, that's why guys, it's a scary thing to be a parent. Your primary responsibility as a parent is to build the foundation of your child. Let me not call out something in your child that you haven't called out yet. 
Actually, you should be the one telling me that, uh, Pastor, I think they are... No, 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 who is he worshiper? I know this child. I prayed for this child. This child actually is a pastor. Let, let me not shock you that they, they're good in maths. Actually, tell me how much you, you, you taught them that maths. Guys, the best way of training someone is by doing it by example. Is by doing it with them, for them. The Bible says, training you can't do alone. That's why God gave people like us, Pap Moses, just have the heart of children. We need Pap, there you go. The people like us now, us we only we only aid what you what you've been doing at home. We only come in to supplement. That's why I love this such setup. This is how children are supposed to grow. When you bounce off idea as parents. When you share ideas, but I think my child is crazy. I don't know what other movies are watching. Even me. So what do we do? You can't do it alone. It's called management or management. So what is management? My definition is, it is the ability to design the uniqueness of a child. The uniqueness. Even though you have two, they're not the same. Even though you have four, they're not the same. So how do I custom make? something different for my son. How do I know you? How can I custom make something different for my daughter? Because they're different. You must have the ability to custom make, to know your child for who they are. The third way, as I come to almost a conclusion, is how many, me, me was brought up in the 90s. In the 90s, people used to go to Uru Park. I was brought up in Nairobi. What are the most memorable moments that you had as a child? Were they by yourself or with your family? Imagine it's so simple like that. And the Bible says, just build memories with children. Build memories. Hang out. Fight. Have fun. Eat. Travel. Have some, have some family meeting as early as, as, early as they are one. Build memories. That's what the Bible says, when he's old, when they're old, they shall never do what? They shall never. Why? Because memories stick. My mom used to, my dad used to pray for me. How do you know? Because they used to pray for me when I'm there. When I'm there, not at night when I'm asleep. And I always do everything. So guys, those are the good things and the hard things. Now let me go to the cautions and the warnings. That remember I told you, the kids are not yours. Matthew 18, verse 6. Mark 9 verse 7, it says, let's paraphrase it. If you hurt or mislead any of these little ones of mine, not of yours, of mine, it's like committing suicide. Hear me? Let me not find you. Ask yourself, am I, am I doing right by this child every day? If the owner who is God comes and asks for them, what condition will they be in? Better not find you. It's the wrong thing to this child. You better not find you misleading this child. I was telling Pasi, one of my philosophies is if you want to have influence tomorrow, you must start today. Second warning, the Bible says, is we are so good at teaching. We are so good at receiving. But how good are we at learning? Can you imagine how much, just from a camp, they're not a memory verse. When was the last time you learned something? Not just about anything, about your child. We are always too busy dishing out, dishing out. I ask you that too. We talked about the seed. That was last week. Now they're here. 
You have already come. Are you living your life through your child? Or have you learned to manage your child and understand their ability and for who they are and understand them for who they are? Let them be who exactly what they are going to be. For the for the for the for the for this one to get to us, two generations, to pass what they do over and over again. What values are you passing to your child? Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Seasons Airport Hotel, opposite Nyayo Estate Gate D.